Jets Audio Network. This is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by Ascension Via Christi, Big Corner Creative, Donlinger Construction, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Eck Agency, Keystone Solid Surfaces, Mel Hambledon Ford, and by Pepsi. of Newman University and we've put together a great show for you on this busy day as uh, we've got volleyball to get prepared for tonight as this is going to be released on uh, Wednesday early afternoon so tonight the volleyball team will be at home in Fugate Gymnasium and uh, they'll be taking on Northwest Missouri State so to preview that action we'll be joined by Marisa Compton the head volleyball coach of the Newman Jets and then we'll also have Victor Dominguez head soccer coach had men's soccer coach uh, for the Jets joining us as well uh, to preview their match tomorrow night as uh, they get set to take on Harding and then they'll play on Saturday again against Wachita Baptist. So busy week for men's soccer as well. And then we also will bring in Bob Beamer, the vice, princi- uh, vice president for institutional advancement here at Newman University for another great interview as well. So very fun busy show for you today but as always before we get into that we'll get you our full updated Newman athletic calendar for this week and like we mentioned volleyball tonight against uh, excuse me Northwest Missouri State as I stumble over my words here early in the show but Northwest Missouri State coming to Fugate to take on Newman here tonight volleyball then will also be back in action on Saturday afternoon as they play host to Missouri Western already mentioned soccer on Thursday night and Saturday afternoon as well. Uh, Men's and women's cross country. They'll be in action on Friday morning in Columbia, Missouri at the MIAA championships. That action set to start at 10 a.m. And then Friday night, women's soccer will play host to Emporia State. And they'll also be at home on Sunday afternoon against Washburn, while on Sunday, men's golf will head to Tulsa to start competition at uh, the Tulsa Cup hosted by Rogers State. And another busy, busy weekend continues as well on Saturday and Sunday with men's and women's bowling as they'll be hosting the Mid-States Championship here in Wichita. So, so much going on and uh, try to fit it all in one show. But uh, Three great guests, three great interviews for you here today on our JetCast. As we, uh, uh, enough about me. Nobody wants to hear about me. Everybody wants to hear from the coaches and the people that make this Newman Jets campus tick. And so let's get right into it. Let's do our, our first interview coming up next. We'll be joined by the head volleyball coach of the Jets, Marisa Compton, right after this on the JetCast. From the moment you walk through the doors at Ascension Via Christi, you'll hear the sounds of hope, health, and strength 
Because Ascension Via Christi is more than just hospitals, ERs, and clinics. Ascension Via Christi teams start by understanding you, your health, and your life to deliver the care that's right for you. Connected to a national network of care and the expertise of a wide range of doctors and specialists. Ascension Via Christi in Wichita. Listening to you, caring for you. Find a doctor online at healthcare.ascension.org. Welcome back to the JetCast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Jackson Schneider, pleased to be joined now by head volleyball coach Marisa Compton. And coach, uh, we are smack dab in the middle of a back-to-back for your team last night taking on Pitt State. Tonight you'll get back to action taking on Northwest. And uh, it's it's so funny. Being on the road for so long, I like had to relearn the team a little bit, but I'm getting more and more familiar as I'm still pretty new with you guys. But one thing that I noticed last night, night and day from the last time I got to see your team in person was just the energy constantly through the match. It felt like, and, and this is no, you know, mean to be like insult or anything to the team, but when you play Nebraska Kearney in that third set, sometimes they just wear you down, mm-hmm. but there was no lapse in energy from this group. And you and I had talked yesterday, the, the energy is always there in practice from this group. And I think that's really encouraging for fans to see when they come to Fugate tonight, especially when you, you take on Northwest Missouri State, that this group is getting better. They're working hard, and, and there's no lack of effort whatsoever in this group, despite you know the, the wins and losses not being kind of where you'd like right now. Yeah, I think that's a credit to the players and our you know our upperclassmen, and um, you know holding each other accountable to that. And I think they've done a good job of creating that culture for our program. And so that's exciting um, for the rest of the season, and I think for the future of our program. Now, last night also, a lot of really good things that we saw in that in that tight match, especially in the first couple of sets against Pitt State. But one of the things that I, I was so impressed with was the intensity at the net. Like you were matching them point for point right up at the net. And, and it just seems like that is such a like an energy thing. Like when you get a block and there's just this huge flow of momentum to your side or if they have to kind of flail to keep a ball alive. But your, your team was so active at the net. What goes into developing a team that is strong and, uh, and aggressive right up at the front? Yeah, part of it is, you know, being disciplined with your eye work and seeing the right things at the right time. Um, and we talk a lot about, you know, our hand positioning and making sure that we're getting low and over and being making aggressive move instead of just putting up a target for other teams to swing at, that we're making that move to try to get to the ball first. And I think our players did a good job of that last night. And our middles did a really good job of, of reading and, and getting close on a lot of those blocks that um, created those those opportunities at the net. And Ozzy was great. Again, I mean, we could talk about two or three ladies who had great nights last night. Uh, but Ozzy, I think, had 13 kills is, is what it ended up being. So to lead you guys offensively. But she's just gotten better and better and better now that she's fully healthy and yep. more comfortable. And the team's getting a little bit more comfortable around her. But when she is able to execute the way that she did last night and then, you know, teams have to start focusing on her. You see what it can do to open up Natalie Meyer, and she ends up with a pretty nice offensive night and hits in in the 700s. So how much more dangerous can Ozzy performing the way she did last night make this team because they got to start paying more attention to her? Yeah, I think they have to, you know, put 
two or three people up on OZ and it opens up some seams and stuff for our pin hitters. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes people forget about Natalie Meyer, but she does yeah. a really good job of, of moving the ball around the block. Um, when I went back and watched film from last night, Pitt State was, you know, trying to take away one thing from Natalie and she was hitting the other direction. Um, so she did a good job of feeling where their block was last night. And, and OZ, if we get her ball, it's high enough a lot of times, like, She's hitting over people. So um, it doesn't matter if they're in the right spot or not. If it's the right set and she's on time, she's usually over them. So, um, you know, that just – it makes her definitely a threat at the net. And like I said, that's that's opened up some other things for our pin hitters. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned hitting over, like quite literally hitting yep. over because <laughs> I've, I noticed last night – and it's almost effortless because she can get up so high and, and with her length and, and size – it's literally just smacking it straight down over the top of teams, and that is so impressive to me because I'm vertically challenged <laughs> both in my stature and my ability to jump, so I always appreciate that athletic ability from her. But uh, also, um, Natalie Trigo has been really good defensively. She ended up with 13 digs again last night. I think that's back-to-back -back matches with double-digit digs. So what does she bring to this team, especially on that defensive side? Yeah, I think um, the last couple of matches, I think she's done a really good job of um, executing our um, scout and what we have planned defensively there in middle back. And, um, you know, that's big for us. Um, Natalie's Natalie Morales, we've got two Natalie's back there. Um, you know, she's been solid for us all year long, but to add Trigo to the mix and her to be able to come up with double digit digs and, and you know, taking up another area of the court um, with those two playing well, it basically covers two thirds of the court. And so um, that's going to be important for us tonight too from her. Absolutely. You mentioned Natalie Morales, there's Natalie Meyer, Natalie Trigo, yes. there's McKenna Reinert, <laughs> McKenna Rhodes. I mean, you didn't you didn't do me any favors. No, <laughs> and the girls give me a hard time. They ask me, they're like, could you go and look for players that have the same name as who we have? Because next year we're adding another Avery. And um, so, yeah, they, they give me a hard time about it. They, they said they'd be impressed if I could find another OZ. That, yeah, that would be an accomplishment, <laughs> and certainly. Uh, but I, I'm getting better about differentiating between them. I mean, they all have their different characteristics. But on the radio, when you're saying names, you it is that is a <laughs> challenge that I have learned. But we're, we're having fun with it over the last couple of weeks, and I'm looking forward to tonight again as you take on Northwest Missouri State and a, a team that uh, you've seen once already as you kind of get through that, that first half and you start the, the back half swing of conference play. Now you have the advantage, though, mm -hmm. of playing most of these teams at home w rather than going on the road. So tell me, you know, how much, I guess, you learn in that first match and how much easier it makes you now that you're taking on that challenge, knowing a little bit more to what, what to expect and not having to go on the bus for three, four hours at a time. Yeah, it's it's nice to not have the travel piece, and, um, you know, you're kind of comfortable in your home environment, and I think it's just a little bit more um, laid-back almost feel to being at home. Um, and, you know, playing teams a second time, I love having the opportunity to play teams a second time because then you get to see, like you said, what they do against you. Um, you have a little bit a better of idea of what their tendencies are. And so I think you can just better prepare for somebody once you've already played them. Um, and I think something that's nice for us is we're starting to figure out what works best for this group too, and what our strengths are. And so, um, I think that helps in that second round too. 
Oh, absolutely. And in a league like this, I mean, you're challenged each and every night with who you play, but the familiarity has to, to help a little bit, and especially uh, – when, when you're trying to get them back. I mean, you, you go to Northwest once and they get you early in conference play. I know that still kind of st- – you want a, the girls to be yep. presence of mind on who they're playing, but it sticks in the back of your mind, you know, okay, we'll get them back here in a couple of weeks. But have you seen that kind of energy, like we can get them back, we want to get them back from the team as you, as you get your preparations finalized for the match tonight? Yeah, I think the players, you know, they've been talking about it. Like this last night started our second half of conference play and – And I think they still feel like there's those opportunities out there that they can get some wins and and they're still working to try to qualify for the conference tournament. And so, you know, it's encouraging to to hear those conversations and um, the talk around that and what they need to do and and that we need to make the most of those opportunities. And and the girls know like this conference, like it's going to take your best. It's going to take your best every day in practice and it's going to take your best throughout a whole match. And um, so that's really what this group has been working towards. Absolutely. And they've been getting better each and every day. And and like we talked about a little bit earlier, the energy is always there. But one of the the things I've been also impressed with is the adjustments on the fly, because this is such a sport of, you know, having to make little adjustments here and there to continually get better and better as other teams adjust to you. Mm -hmm. But one of the adjustments that I've seen, especially is that adjustment to the two setters in Avery and McKenzie and, and how you kind of handle that change because you get a lot of teams that are so, you know, comfortable with just one setter that you take them out of the mix and the team completely falls apart. But this group has grown comfortable with two and that makes you so much more versatile offensively. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that is, um, you know, in practice, they get a lot of opportunities to hit off both setters. Um, and we've also kind of figured out what hitters hit best off of those setters and tried to put them with those setters um, the most um, rotations as possible. And so, like I said, that's part of us kind of figuring out this group and the lineup and, and what's given us the most success. Awesome. And, and it's I'm so excited, like I said, for tonight and, and the Northwest Missouri State Challenge. But fans that are listening to this should be really excited too because not just tonight but they get Saturday and they get Tuesday again and then the last four matches as well of the regular season you get a chance now with nine matches left seven of them right here at home at Fugate Gym and and I, I was just curious like for you to like we already talked about removing the travel mm-hmm. piece but the energy that you get and the team gets from playing at home and the home fans like it has to bring you to a whole nother level of excitement in in match right absolutely and i think like fugate gymnasium because of like how our facility is it's loud Mm -hmm. um and i think that's a great environment to play in and i think you see that energy because of the atmosphere that there is in the gym and how loud it is and it helps you keep that energy up and um, it's not always like that on the road and it's not like that in all the arenas we play in and so I think that's what we love about playing in Fugate Gymnasium is it is a loud environment and even with just even if there's only a few people (laughs) like this gym is just loud and it, it makes it a fun place to play. Well, I, I do my part. I know I'm screaming and yelling <laughs> from up above on the radio. But uh, one of the other aspects uh, of being at home is, is your be- biggest fan gets to be there. We're, we're our biggest little fan. Yeah. Is that fair? <laughs> Parker running around with dad and, and watching the match. And, and she'll I, she'll come and, and talk to you before the match. I saw you give her a big hug last yeah. night. How much more fun is it for you to be able to 
balance being a mom and a coach at the same time with your little one in the stands? It's been great, and it's been fun as she's gotten older. Um, she definitely she gets excited. Aaron and I were talking about this morning. Uh, she was cheering at the game last night. She'd clap um, when something good happened. We got a big kill, I think, early on, and she's clapping. He's like, sometimes she doesn't always clap at the wrong at the right time. Like sometimes it's the other team's <laughs> cheering, but she's like, somebody's cheering, so I'm clapping. Um, but uh, and I think after the game, she was down there passing the volleyball. But she definitely um, looks forward to it. Uh, the other night before bed, she asked me, she's like, volleyball game tomorrow, and I was like, yep, and Wednesday and Saturday, and she kind of gave me a look like three games like at Newman she was really <laughs> excited about it um so yeah it's been like I said it's been really fun and as she's gotten older and understands a little bit more it's it's fun to to see her really um enjoy this opportunity like moments like seeing her with the players and yeah. um those things kind of makes those times that you miss with them worth it because you see the the opportunities that your daughter gets to have um as a coach's kid. Absolutely. A little, little bit of uh, getting spoiled by the team, right? Absolutely. Because she's not just the coach's kid. She's the whole team's oh, yeah. daughter at she's this point spoiled. or sister. Or I'm pretty sure she could ask any of the players for anything and they'll <laughs> tell her yes. Like they're usually like, yeah, I can't tell her no. So uh, she's going to be a little spoiled, but it's all good. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that at all. But coach, before I let you go, as we look ahead, especially to tonight's challenge in Northwest Missouri State, what uh, what stands out to you about them? And, and are there any glaring differences from that first time we saw them up in Maryville? Um, I think a couple of their hitters um, have improved since we saw them. They've got um, a junior outside hitter. Uh, I believe she was freshman of the year when she was a freshman in the conference. And um, I don't know if she had some injury or something early in the season, but I feel like she's swinging harder on the ball than she was the first time we saw them and scoring some more points for them. Um, so I feel like she's kind of back to her true form. Um, and I think one of their middles has improved a lot. Um, watching her on film against a couple teams and then last night in their match against Missouri Southern um she did some really good things for them late they went five sets and in that fifth set she kind of took over so um I think she's somebody that we have to be aware of but um you know I think it's it's the same thing we've been working on all year is um taking care of our side and and serving aggressive to help you know take out their middle hitter and some of those things and and working to be in system on our side so we can use we know that our middles are are ones that are scoring us points right now um consistently so being able to get them those opportunities is going to be big for us all right i won't even ask the keys to the game you just <laughs> took it right out of my mouth but serve serve receive always very important and uh just uh keep on working right big Absolutely. opportunity tonight yep all right well coach thank you so much for the time as always look forward to tonight and the rest of this week thank you appreciate it all right that's marisa compton head volleyball coach of your newman jets here on the Jetcast podcast from the newman jets audio network Don Linger Construction is currently hiring qualified CDLA truck drivers, heavy equipment operators, and heavy civil concrete carpenters for projects in and around the Wichita metro area. Don Linger Construction is employee-owned and offers competitive weekly pay and benefits. Quick start your new career and apply online at donlinger.biz. That's D-O-N-D-L-I-N-G-E-R dot B-I-Z. Don Linger Construction is an EEO-compliant employer. Veterans, women, and minorities encouraged to apply. Welcome back to the Newman Jetcast podcast. This is episode number 101 as we continue working through the fifth season of the Jetcast. I'm Jackson Schneider, joined now by Bob Beamer, who is the Institutional Advancement Vice 
president, I believe. Yeah. Is that right? I'm learning yeah. on the fly, so Vice i got to make sure I get the title right. Institutional advancement. Uh, it sounds like I should be institutionalized, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's a good a good uh, good place to be. Absolutely, especially these days. Lots of mm-hmm. things going on uh, around campus, both athletically and academically, with the the school growing and and moving forward. And so we'll get into that in a little mm-hmm. bit. But Bob, before we we talk about that, let's talk about you, because you're going on year three here at Newman now, and you're you're kind of getting more and more settled as we get more and more removed, hopefully from you know COVID hopefully. and <laughs> things like that. But uh, in three years. Tell me kind of what you've learned about yourself, especially as it relates to Newman University. Yeah. Uh, wow. About myself. Um, you know, I, I think I've learned a lot, uh, obviously. Um, I started, this is my first uh, position as a vice president. So I've, I've worked in higher education and worked in fundraising uh, the last 25 years of my career. Um, but this is my first uh, foray into leading a department. So that's been a little bit of a change for me. Uh, it's, uh, certain times it's nice to, to go back to the leader and go, well, whatever you decide, that's what we're going to do. And now uh, people are looking uh, at me to do that, to uh, make those decisions, which, you know, it's, it's good. Uh, I enjoy doing it. But every once in a while, it's like, wow. It'd be nice to <laughs> let somebody else make that decision. Um, but uh, so that part's been a, a learning learning curve, I think, a little bit for me. But uh, overall, Newman's a great place to be. Um, enjoy the, the campus. Enjoy Wichita. There's, there's a lot to do here in town. Uh, this is the largest town we've ever lived in. But I lived in uh, smaller communities, uh, college, college towns. But uh, it's uh, fun when you can go to a – Go to a play, go to a minor league baseball game, go to a hockey game, go to, you know, music events. Uh, that part's been uh, been very enjoyable. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you mentioned minor league baseball because oh. I know you, you had some, some time in that background, in that field, uh, because you've, you've done a lot in athletics. But, uh, I mean, minor league baseball, that's quite a different <laughs> job, in, and it involves a lot. I have a lot of friends that do that. But, I mean, working in that environment and then – kind of transitioning into higher education and especially university advancement here at Newman, that's got to be a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah, well, it, it was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of, you can't see it on on the uh, podcast, but I've got a lot of gray hair to, uh, <laughs> to prove that. Um, so, yeah, I worked uh, a year in uh, Bakersfield, California, was the Dodgers, and this is back in the late 80s, early 90s. I think it was 88 when I worked there. And and then three years for the Arkansas Travelers uh, in, in Little Rock, St. Louis Cardinals at the time. Um, I, I always tell people it was great fun. I loved it. At that time, it wasn't a career. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, you know, the uh, the amount of money that you make in minor league baseball, either as a player or <laughs> as a front office staff, uh, it was great fun while you were doing it, but you can't, you can't build your life around that Absolutely. Um, so it, I loved it really Great cool fun. though and I mean so much that I'm sure you've learned and, and as crazy as it is that that's a different animal entirely than what you're doing now I'm sure there's a lot that you can apply to what you do here at Newman through lessons from you know Arkansas and Bakersfield yeah I, I think uh, one of the things that you know, my responsibility in minor league baseball was selling off-season selling the advertising mm-hmm. selling program ads uh, all those things so so the selling part the being in front of people the 
stating your case, uh, you know, trying to get people interested in what you have, um, really probably set the groundwork for a lot of what I'm doing right now. I learned learned how to do that. Um, you know, I was in charge of concessions and souvenirs in the ticket office, so I learned how to how to work with people, how to how to manage people and lead people. Um, so that part was was uh, again. It's something I haven't really thought of looking back, but yeah, there was a lot of things that I probably learned and picked up that uh, I I use now, and I don't really even think about it. Awesome. Well, Bob, I, I mean, with so much going on around the university right now, and with this being, you know, the athletics podcast, mm-hmm. let's let's start with that. There's a lot uh, going on in terms of av- advancement for the athletics department with some facilities upgrades that have been made. I mean, there's a brand new soccer press box that's mm-hmm. gone in and uh, we're looking at, 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 you know, improving the baseball and soccer and softball facilities and things. Uh, but what can you tell me about the university advancement and their hand in that pr- side of things before we talk about the university side yeah. as well? Yeah, we, you know, I think the administration really uh, believes in athletics. Obviously, a, a large part of our student uh, population plays athletics at one team or another. Um, so we realize that where Newman's facilities are right now are, are not up to par with the rest of the MIAA. And we also realize the MIAA is one of the toughest conferences in Division II conferences in the nation. So how can we help? What can we do to, to help those, uh, the student athletes, the coaches, the administration to, to kind of level that playing field, I mm-hmm. guess? Uh, so uh, we, we looked at a comprehensive campaign last fall. Um, we did a feasibility study, talked with donors, uh, it was a, a large number of five, six different projects. Uh, the recommendations came back and said we weren't ready at this time to, to move forward with that, just our depth of relationships, uh, our me being a somewhat new yet third year, uh, President Jagger in her fourth year, a lot of that was kind of started in COVID and, and it was hard to get out to see people to, mm-hmm. to help build that case. Um, but the recommendations of the feasibility study did say that, you know, there's a couple projects that we're going to move forward with, a Sacred Heart Hall project. Uh, but more importantly for athletics, uh, the athletics projects of trying to re-turf the outdoor fields and relight them. So um, help cut down on, uh, you know, potential rainouts. Maybe it'll, it'll help uh, us be able to rent those facilities, share those facilities with the community in mm-hmm. the summertime when our student athletes aren't here. We don't have to worry about tearing up the fields and not being able to use them in the fall. So turfing them will, will hopefully help us uh, in that respect as well. Um, you know, just just the competitive nature, the uh, added fan experience, the lighting, um, the lights are, you know, could be, could be, uh, uh, the same age as the, yeah. the the stadiums. I don't know when the <laughs> lights were changed, but uh, they could definitely use some upgrades as well. So uh, we're going to move forward with that project. We're, we're uh, forming an athletics uh, fundraising committee right now, uh, working on some print pieces that we'll share with people. Um, but we're trying to trying to make those inroads, uh, work with the coaches on, on their uh, former student athletes so we can 
we can reach out to and, and begin those conversations and see where they go. Awesome. Well, there you mentioned the Sacred Heart Hall project mm-hmm. as well. What you, I, I think you and I were talking before we, we hit record here, mm-hmm. and you mentioned it was a three-phase plan at the moment. But what does plan or, or part one yeah. of that so, so to do everything, so the building is 100 years old. University is, is 90 years old. The building start was on the, the grounds before we became a junior college, Sacred Heart Academy, Sacred Heart College, and all the iterations after that. Um, the building, the bones are strong. Uh, the infrastructure, some of the, the inside needs some, some tender love and care. Um, <laughs> the building in certain places uh looks looks a little dated uh so to do everything we want uh we can't do that in one phase mm-hmm. it's probably going to be in the 25 million dollar range to do everything we wanted so in phase one uh we're calling it is about a 10 million dollar project that will help with some of the infrastructure projects uh, there's some underground tunnels heater chiller um issues that we need to fix um it will allow us to replace all of the windows so there's 237 windows in the building uh and that wow. alone is about a 1.5 million dollar project just to replace those windows uh help with energy efficiency um you know a number of us joke that uh, when the wind blows like it has the last couple of days we have the orchestra in our in our offices <laughs> the that's that's good. That's a, yeah, I, can't yeah, I hear it. Like I that. hear it all the time. So <laughs> I got it down. Um, the windows it will uh, allow us. Uh, so on the bottom floor, there where the practice golf facility is, that used to be. Uh, they called it the CAC Campus Activities Center. Big open space, pool tables, uh, you know, places to study, places to gather, socialize. Mm-hmm. We are, we're going to reclaim that space. We've got to figure out what we're going to do with the golf practice facility. Um, but reclaim that space for a, a modern-day CAC and then put two entrances on, new entrances on the west side and the east side of the building uh, to make them a little bit more uh, handicap accessible. We've, uh, we have a... Uh, uh, an elevator in the building if you if you know where it is you're probably one of the few it's <laughs> on the back side there's not a lot of uh, signage to get there it's hard to find the an elevator in the front will will allow us to to get those people with mobility issues up to the second floor chapel uh, spaces like that so and students as well not just not just uh, donors and friends of the university but students uh, too so um, those two projects, uh, some few other open uh, up some spaces and reclaim some spaces, but those are the, the primary projects. Well, awesome. And obviously, you know, that's a lot. So that takes a lot of support and a lot of folks who are tied in with the community and you're, you're working to build relationships like that to, mm-hmm. to make sure that this all happens and goes smoothly into plan and, and on time too, I'm sure is part of, part of that as well. But for people that are listening to this that might want to help and, and be a part of the development of the university, whether that's athletically or, or with the Sacred Heart Hall projects, how do they get in contact with you and, and how, what are their next steps from there? Yeah, you know, we'd love to start the conversation. You know, we, there's a number of projects within those projects that, that we can look at. Uh, there's some naming opportunities that we're finalizing, uh, especially on the athletic side. You know, either reach out to 
to advancement, reach out to the athletics department. Uh, the, we're working obviously closely with the coaches. So if you know one of the coaches, reach out to him or her and they will get you in, in contact with us. Um, my email is b-e-u-m-e-r-b at newmanu.edu. You can certainly reach out that way, give us a phone call. Um, but we'd love to to start those conversations. You know, that's the the first step in this is is really sharing what we're doing, getting uh, hopefully getting uh, donors excited about it, and they'll want to turn around and and help the the student athletes. It's it's not a in this in this part it's it's totally different than minor league baseball and selling <laughs> advertising where you're getting something for it. A lot of this is is really finding those people that really want to give back to the yeah. university, give back to student athletes and, and make this place better than maybe they had it when they were here. Absolutely. And better for future students and beyond. Yeah. And, you know, with the growth of, of the university and, uh, you know, and what I know athletically, mm -hmm. as we talked about being in the MIAA now is one of the premier conferences yeah. in the country. There's a lot of, you know, expenditures that have to happen to make sure that you don't, just catch them but maybe you surpass them and then mm -hmm. things always get moved forward so yep. it's not just for now but it's for a lot uh, in the future absolutely that's that's what we always say this is everything we do in advancement fundraising uh, alumni relations is really the long game mm -hmm. you know the university is going to be here long after i'm gone so my short time here in the life of the university how can we what can we do to to make it better for for future generations whether that be the students or the student athletes awesome again bob beamer is our guest he's the vice president for institutional advancement here at newman university bob before i let you go is there anything else that we we need to hit on that we might have missed yeah i, I you know i'm looking forward yeah to the to the upcoming basketball seasons yeah. i know uh that's right around the corner uh i think the fall athletic teams have had varying degrees of success. Uh, again, uh, these are uh, unfortunately probably going to be baby steps in in getting up to the to the to the top echelon of the uh, of the conference. But uh, I think uh, men's soccer is doing a great job. Women's soccer, Dylan's got them uh, turned around, heading in the right direction. So. Um, not where we want to be, uh, you know. I'm sure where jo Joanna wants to be as an athletic uh, department, and certainly, you know, we've got some work to do on on the uh, university end as well, renovating our our facilities and and getting to where we want to be. But but we're we're making progress and we're we're heading in the right direction. Absolutely, and the journey's half the fun. There you go. Fine. Absolutely, it's all, it's all about the climb, and I'm I'm certainly moved by you know all the people that I've come across, yourself included, about you know people who are motivated and excited about the future of this university, whether that's you know academically or or athletically, where I'm you know the most tied mm -hmm. in it would seem. But uh, Bob, I'm so excited for the future. Thank you so much for for joining us today, and hopefully we can get you back on here in the future and get some updates. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Bob Bieber, your university vice president for institutional advancement. We'll take a quick break here on the JetCast. When we come back, we'll talk some men's soccer with head coach Victor Dominguez. That's next here on the Newman JetCast podcast. Hey, boss, the backhoe was stolen from the Valley job. Great. And our computers were hacked last night and they got some of our clients' information. Seriously? And your wife called. She said the dead tree you were supposed to tear down fell on your neighbor's roof. Ah. Uh. 
What am I going to do? I'd call Eck Agency. They're great at providing insurance solutions to protect your business, work comp, home, and autos before these things happen. Call or text Eck Agency at 316-303-1905 or visit eckagency.com. Welcome back to the JetCast podcast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Jackson Schneider, pleased to be joined now by Headman soccer coach Victor Dominguez. Coach, welcome back on to the show. It's been a couple weeks since we got to talk to you last and kind of a different energy around your team as of late after we, we or before we had talked to you the first time. It was coming off of a really difficult loss mm-hmm. to Rogers State and we talked a lot about like the energy and, and the mindset you wanted to see from your team in response to that. Mm-hmm. And in the weeks since, I think we've started to see that shift in energy, especially illustrated by the win over Southern Nazarene the other night and uh, a big win over a top 25 ranked team and, and one of the top teams in the league at the moment. So mm-hmm. take me through what, what's been the change in, in this group over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for having me back. And, um, yeah, after we spoke that week, you know, I think everybody was feeling some type of way. It was a very disappointing result that we had faced against Roger State, but we knew that, you know, one game wasn't going to make, you know, our entire season, and it was either we can just quit now or, you know, put our feet on the ground and continue to work and push forward because our season wasn't over. And even since then, we went to Arkansas. We pulled off two good results. Um, then we came back home, had a couple of, uh, I'd say, mental errors against Northeastern and Fort Hayes, but we competed very, very well against both of those teams. We, you know, continued a lot of, you know, actions throughout the 90 minutes and putting the ball into, you know, the places where we felt mm-hmm. we were um, the strongest at, and we defended really well apart from one or two moments. Um and then traveling to Southern Nazarene this past week was one of those games where I just challenged the boys. I was like, hey, um, these are the th- these are your strengths, but it's also here's their strengths and here's their weaknesses. And, you know, can you guys be disciplined for 90 minutes and enjoy your football for 90 minutes and continue to focus on next action and next action and just try to, you know, be um, or limit mistakes for 90 minutes? Can what what are you guys willing to do today? Um, and they went out there and they performed brilliantly. They they executed the game plan and the game model and everything that we asked about them. And, you know, it was just it was a great environment, you know, when we pulled off that win after the game, just the celebration and, you know, just looking at those guys and the energy that they had before, during and after the game, especially it was just amazing to see. Is is that one result like the the culmination of, of all the things? And I know it's it's. Mm-hmm. In building a program into the image and, and what you're looking for out of this team, it's not easy. It doesn't happen <laughs> overnight. But when you get a win like that or a result like that against a really good team, do, do you see that kind of just click in your guy's head? Like, hey, the work that we're putting in and the, mm-hmm. the way that coach wants us to play and how we want to execute, it, it is, you know, it, we can do this. We can be successful. Did you mm-hmm. kind of just have that moment of, of seeing in them like <laughs> – we can compete and beat anybody. Yeah, um, I think that's exactly what it was because every single game we've looked at, you know, the statistics aspect of the game. I know stats don't win games, but it's always good to look at it and be like, look, we outshot this opponent. We outpossessed mm-hmm. this opponent. We created these chances. We did this, that, and the other. But the results weren't coming. So a lot of the times the confidence is driven by the results and not the progression that we've been making. And, you know, 
just looking at what we actually did in that game that, you know, results aside, we we did really well. We, you know, we did the things that we we're asking of you guys. But like I said, there, sometimes the confidence and that mentality is shifted towards the actual results. And then seeing the win against Southern Nazarene, it's like, all right, we've talked every single week. Like we could have either pulled off a, a tie or we could have won this game. You guys did really well. You played really well. You moved the ball really well. You created chances. We just we were unfortunate in a defensive error, and we were unfortunate not to smash the back of the net on the other side. But, you know, Southern Nazarene was like, okay, now we don't have <laughs> to just talk about we could have won, we could have won. We actually won, so now let's continue to get forward. And this coming week is two massive games that we win those two games and we're still we're in that competition to continue to fight for postseason absolutely and and you you and I were kind of looking at the schedule before the interview and you're like well you know we've got opportunities but you got to try try to follow that up it can't just be a one match thing you have to have that Mm -hmm. same intensity how how do you go about you know making sure that these these guys of yours are, are focused and ready for mm-hmm. the task at hand? Because although you know Harding and, and Wachita don't have the the ranking next to them that a Southern Nazarene might, like they're still very respectable teams. And if you mm-hmm. don't bring your your A game, you know you you could have a a, a poor result. Yeah, um, that's just things that we've been talking about. Um, well, on Sunday through through the group chat, obviously it was our day off, but we still kept in communication. And then starting yesterday in training, and obviously today we'll get back on the field. Um, but it's been things we talked about, like Harding. Yes, we beat them 3-0, but they hit the crossbar. They created chances, especially at the end of the game. They put a lot of pressure on us. And at any given moment, some of those could have went in, and you know we're chasing the game. Or one of our goals, one of them was it was a great build to the chance, but it wasn't the greatest of finishes, but it went in. Um, and obviously we celebra- celebrated it at the time, but... It's like, hey, you know, we've seen us having clear chances and we don't score and we've seen them have a 10% chance that they score. So at any given day, if we just let up, then, you know, results can shift. So we have to continue to keep our focus, especially knowing that these are two teams that are, one, Wachita is fighting to get a win in the conference. So they're going to come out here with everything that they have because they don't want to finish their season off with no wins. And Harding is fighting to break into that top four as well. And, you know, picking up points against us and then picking up points against whoever they can puts us puts them into that chase. So we've continued to reiterate that these aren't easy games and they're going to come out here to fighting for everything because they probably lose this week and then their season can start becoming over. So they're going to mm-hmm. come and leave everything on the pitch. So we have to match that intensity and then we have to impose ourselves into the game and make them play towards us and not the other way around we have if we can go and have that intensity against southern nazarene as the underdog now can we be the superior team yeah. and make teams play to us and actually show that we're not just a team that can show up week one week and not the other week we have to come out here and compete finish the game off early and then you know get start preparing for saturday now the the group that you've got we've we've got you know, a lot of guys that we're still kind of getting used to, at least for us here, because they're they're new to the school. And, and when you've got so many guys that are new to a program and a team, it's really hard mm-hmm. to get everyone to, to kind of mesh together <laughs> and, and fit in the right ways that you're looking for. But now that you've got so many matches behind you, how, how do you feel like this, you know, this first year ha- has really gone about in terms of, of building that, that team mindset together? No, I think we've done a fairly good job on changing the culture. 
off off the pitch, I think we've been, at least from what I've seen, um, obviously from the weight room, from the training room, and I haven't heard any negative things around the university, whether it's been dealt with and not mentioned to us, then I'm not too aware about. But, um, you know, these guys came in here all kind of, the returners had a chip on their shoulder that they wanted to prove that they could do something that maybe they didn't last year or they didn't get the opportunity to do last year. And the guys that came in, they wanted to come in and, be the ones that was like, yeah, I went to that program and I made a, I made history or I made a change, I made a difference. Um, so everybody's been bought in since day one. And it just goes back to what I was saying. Like, we didn't have the results. So a lot of guys, sometimes you can tell that they're just like, are we really better when we have the ball? Are we really a good defensive team? Do we really transition well? You know, the question starts arising when results doesn't come. But every single day in training, you know, these guys still have – you know, a smile on their face. They One of the biggest things for me is you greet everybody before we start training, whether it's staff or each other. And, you know, they do that. And then once the session starts, they're super competitive. Sometimes they put in some tackles that we have to stop training, which is something that I ask for them about because if they have that intensity in training, they can, oops, sorry, they can have it in the game. So as far as the culture and the team driving one way, it's been, it's been brilliant since day one, results aside. So... I'm very happy for the base that we're, you know, the foundation that we're we're laying this year, and you know, it's only it's only up from here. Absolutely. Again, our guest is Victor Dominguez, head soccer coach of your Numa Jets here on the Jetcast, and, and coach, looking back at the win over Southern Nazarene, you know, there, there's no Carlos in the goal sheet <laughs> because, and I bring Carlos up because we had him on as a guest the last yeah. time you were on, but you, you know, Mario gets in in the goal column as well as Damian, but. You know, and look in the assists, you know, there's still <laughs> Carlos is helping to pop that up. And, and I'm just curious, kind of, you know, as he continues to contribute in mm-hmm. a lot of other matches, how did you see him and the rest of the team create chances for other players mm-hmm. uh, to, to help make your, your offense a little bit more versatile and a little more dangerous? Yeah, I think um, even even aside from those three players that you mentioned, even like Alan Martinez, that's a player that. Um, got very limited minutes in the beginning of the season to starting the last two matches and against four Hayes. I know it wasn't listed, but he actually was the one who got the assist to, to Alberto. And then against Southern Nazarene, he was he was phenomenal defensively. And then to see Damien pop in and he gets the game winner and Carlos continue to provide for us offensively. Um, it's just one of those things that these guys continue to fight every single day and whether they're playing or not, they're they're all motivated to making a change here and they continue to push each other. Um, so it's just about, you know, obviously Carlos is phenomenal as an individual, but it's just about putting everybody in good positions yeah. to support each and everybody to, you know, bring out the best of everybody and obviously the services from Carlos and you know, the finish from Mario was phenomenal and the header from Damien, we still don't think he meant it, but it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yesterday he whiffed one and then one one of our players was like, yeah, it was definitely a fluke, that header, but <laughs> goes in the back of the net. So <laughs> Sometimes it's it's better to be lucky, right? Yeah, exactly. Gotta love that. <laughs> well, well, Coach, uh, before I let you go, I, I know uh, we, we didn't really get a chance to discuss this the last time you were on, but... Hispanic Heritage Month uh, Mm -hmm. had just come to a close a a few days ago. Um, But with a sport like soccer and Mm -hmm. with so many 
players on your roster with a Hispanic heritage. I just was curious, kind of your thoughts on on you know how the university has put together a lot to to kind of support people uh, of you know Hispanic descent and and kind of how you felt about the the university just embracing that month. Yeah, no, I think it's brilliant. It makes everybody feel welcome and a, and a part of something. And that was one of the main things that I've always said was I wanted to come here and be a part of something and. Um, and I felt that Newman was a very welcoming place, mm-hmm. like everybody from coaches to to staff, from Joanna as the AD, like everybody is super friendly. And, you know, they come out and they support, they talk and they just want to know about you and be involved. And, you know, the Hispanic Heritage Month, I haven't been in a place where it was as driven to making it, you know, not athlete but student oriented and mm-hmm. making them feel welcome and like hey this is this is for you usually it's just like it's hispanic heritage month and we'll talk about it and if you want to talk about it then you know we're here but we're not going to really do anything extra we're here there was events on campus there was you know it being inviting to food they had the international food like everybody got to bring in certain things and you know that just makes everybody kind of feel welcome and that they're they're a part of something especially these internationals that yeah. are super far from home, even the local people that are just like, oh, well, I get to go there and showcase, you know, the rice that I make or this or whatever it is, or just talk about my customs or traditions. Um, and for us, obviously, we're very Latin based on yeah. the team, including my staff is everybody apart from Matt being from England. Um, so it's, just, it's, it's really nice to see just the inclusion of everything. So. Oh, absolutely. Felt, felt good. <laughs> it, it, I, th- I thought it was just such a cool thing because I'm, I'm like you. I haven't seen or been a part of a mm-hmm. university that embraces it like that and makes it so welcoming. And it's for me being so new myself, it was <laughs> just really cool to see. So I wanted to make sure to get yeah. your thoughts on that. But, uh, Coach, before I let you go, two big matches this weekend here at home mm-hmm. with Harding and Wachita once again. What, what's the biggest focus heading into these two matches to make sure you come away with a, a, a couple of wins and mm-hmm. to improve the, the chance for the, for the postseason push? Yeah, I think this week is just um, seeing if the guys can continue to have that character and that attitude and, um, you know, impose themselves in the game and apply the pressure on onto not only these two teams but onto the conference standings. Um, can they go out from a very big week? And with a massive result and humble themselves to know, hey, we got to work hard and, you know, continue to fight for this. And, you know, it's not it's not going to be an easy game. So can they have the character and the attitude to put out two big results and continue to chase for that playoff spot? All right. Well, Coach Dominguez, as always, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Good luck this weekend with the matches. We'll be pulling for you, and hopefully we'll get to bother you again here soon talking (laughs) about some more wins. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's Victor Dominguez, head men's soccer coach of your Newman Jets here on the Newman JetCast podcast. We'll step aside for just a bit and be back with more right after this. Let's face it, it's been a while since you updated your kitchen and bathroom. And while they fit your style when your house was built, styles change. Or maybe the space just isn't fitting your current needs. That's where Keystone Solid Surfaces comes in. Keystone is the premier fabricator and installer of quartz, granite, and solid surfaces in Kansas. And with their huge brand new showroom at 1655 North Wabash in Wichita, providing the perfect inspiration, the possibilities are truly endless. That's why when it's time for an upgrade, the key is Keystone. KeystoneSolidSurfaces.com or find great specials on Facebook. Facebook. 